All right, sugars, here we go. Hopefully this is getting to you by your Friday commute and setting you up for a good, relaxing weekend. Or maybe you're on vacation. Maybe you're listening to this in Maui. Maybe, oh, I want that life, sugar. Actually, I don't want to go to beaches. Y'all know ginger but just burns. It just burns. All right, this week's episode of Dear Maddie's with Andrea Klunder, or if you're in Germany, that would be Andrea Klunder. Uh, she is a podcaster as well. And actually, we're doing a crossover podcast uh, crossover a podcast this week. I was a guest on her show several weeks ago. We recorded the episode and I had such a good time. I said, hey, why don't you be on my show and then we'll just air them the same week. So that's what he did. I did. I think her episode dropped, I believe, Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm putting this up on a Thursday. So if you enjoy this conversation, we have a totally, completely different type of conversation and that uh, link to that show will be in the show notes as well. Sugars, Andrea is all about creativity and how we succeed at it and how we sometimes fail at it and not it fail, but how sometimes we feel like we're failing at it, which is honestly something personally I've kind of been going through of late, kind of just wondering creatively if honestly, if a lot of stuff I'm doing is making a difference and um, kind of where is, uh, you know, is it helpful for people? Is it going to get me where I want to be in life as well? And all those kind of questions. And that's a lot what her podcast is about. So having her, so I talked more a bit about that kind of stuff on her show, but on Dear Maddie today, we talked a lot about just uh, really it was fascinating hearing her own story as somebody who we both were voice majors and we um, we just kind of went the same, similar routes, but yet very different in how we got to podcasting. So I'm talking a lot and she's a lot more interesting than me. So I'm just going to let you listen to it. So enjoy a new Dear Maddie with Andrea Klunder. What? What? Okay, great. The red light's on. We are recording. Hello, everybody. It's a podcast. Welcome to the Dear Maddie show. I am Matt Marr and I am, we are doing it. I'm ready. I, my heart is, you know, as I've said before to y'all, I've been busy in life trying to do a lot of creative ventures, some of them working, some of them not, but I'm always happy to be here doing, this is the heart of me, I feel like it's Dear Maddie. And I say that intro because I have another creative with me today, Andrea Klunder. How are you? Fantastic. I said your last name right, right? Is it Klunder, Klunder? If you are American, it's Klunder. And if you're German... Then you put an umlaut, and then it becomes Klunder. See, that's because I, again, because of, we both have studied classical music, so I wanted to say Andrea <laughs> Klunder, but um, I don't, I don't know. If people be like, did Matt have something in his throat? Like what was right. Miss Klunder? Which I think is such a beautiful name. It's so much Klunder is so much better than Klunder. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but my relatives, when they immigrated to the U.S., they just like took some. So some people from my family took the umlaut out. And changed it to Klunder, and then some put an E, so it's K-L-U-E-N-D-E-R, and they say Klunder, but we're all related. It's crazy. Oh, well, welcome to the show, Andrea Klunder Klunder. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad to have you here. So, okay, so to what we've already mentioned this to everybody, but we're we're you and I are sneaky podcasters because you're a sneaky. podcaster as well, and we are premiering our episodes the same week. So. For people listening, if you're liking if you're liking the Matt and Andrea show or the Andrea and Matt show, whatever you want to, it's Andrea, right? Or Andrea, right? It's Andrea. I'm, I'm always Andrea. I'm, oh. Midwest Midwest flat A pronunciation. <laughs> Andrea, I know. I, Andrea. I always 
fuck it up. Um, and so, yeah, if right. you, but if you like the Matt and Andrea show, then uh, you should be able to, you should check out your, your podcast, The Creative Imposter, because I had a really great interview. Um, sorry, that sounded, I had a really great interview <laughs> on your show. I had a really show, great Andrew. interview on your show. You're welcome. <laughs> I meant great coming from you because you ask me questions like truth, as we say on this show, hashtag truth talk. You ask me truth talk questions Seriously. about my life as a creative person that I'd never answered on a show before. So, and I'm not going to tell you, dear Maddie listeners, what it is. You've got to go to the show link and subscribe to her show, leave a review and listen to that shit. That's what y'all got to do. That's suspense. You, suspense. So, okay. So tell me. I'm as I'm already in this episode. I'm loving it because we are podcasters and we're all curious folk that want to help people as much as we can. It seems like, but how did I know? I want to get to the creative imposter, but a little bit of your background. You kind of like started with me. You were music theater nerd. Like, tell me a little, a little. We talked a little bit in your episode, but um, for my listeners, tell me a little bit about that process for you. Where you grew up? Where? I grew up in West Michigan, in Grand Rapids, mm -hmm. and I grew up always surrounded by theater and the creative arts and music. I started singing in my church uh, when I was, I think, my first solo when I was four years was when I was four years old for the mother daughter banquet. Aww, that's really <laughs> I cute. I sang uh, "Tomorrow" from the musical Annie. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> Why would you not? And uh, I always grew up singing and knowing that music was going to be my whole life and knowing that I was going to have a career performing and being a musician. I think I think there was a point in time where I stated if someone asked me what I want to be when I grew up, which is like the worst question you can ask a kid. Don't ask a kid that. Don't ask a kid that. No, but I think I used to say, well, I'm either going to be a singer or I'm going to be a nuclear physicist. And I didn't actually know what a nuclear physicist <laughs> was. I just very, heard very, it and it sounded very similar. awesome. It sounded <laughs> yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. One that, or the other. And then you took a science class and you went, well, maybe you didn't, but I would take a science class and go, whoa. Um, <laughs> this is not On the other hand. Yeah, so I I went to school originally went to college at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo for vocal music performance and I had every intention of becoming a professional opera singer and had my first I guess my quarter life crisis that freshman year where I hated the music program. I hated it so much. My life was miserable. I was like crying in the bathroom every day because mm -hmm. I just was so unhappy. And I had to switch it up. I couldn't couldn't stick with that and went through a, a bunch of different uh, a bunch of different majors for real, like actually signed up for them. And then a bunch of majors in my mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> before I, I yeah, <laughs> before I landed on doing a communication degree in um, broadcast film and video production and then graduated with that degree with a minor in music, moved to Chicago and promptly had to get a day job in arts administration because getting a career out of, or getting a job out of college in film and video in Chicago was not a thing at that time. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No. <laughs> it no. was like New York or L.A., yeah. but I was like a little too intimidated to make that big of a leap. So I was like Chicago and then there was nothing. So. Uh, flash forward to 
being in that arts admin job at the Lyric Opera of Chicago, no less. So I didn't oh. become an opera singer, but I did work at the opera. Well, that's one of the, for people listening, <laughs> that's one of the top five. That's one of the biggies. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, then started teaching yoga just for like a funsy thing to do on the side because mm-hmm. of something I was into and decided I was going to quit my admin job and start my own yoga studio. And that was when I made the shift into entrepreneurship and being a business owner. And I created a storefront yoga studio in Chicago, which I had for five years. Oh, wow. That's a big deal. uh, It is a big deal. That's that's an accomplishment, sugar. That's fucking hard to do. That is hard shit to do. It was very hard. And I underestimated how hard it was be. And that was why it only lasted five years because at the end of five years, I was out of money, mm-hmm. like <laughs> just yeah. dead broke. Uh-huh. I was out of energy because I was working a million hours a week trying to do everything myself and, you know, working around the clock to try to make this thing successful. And I was here, I was selling a healthy lifestyle and I was a wreck. Yeah. My health not great. I didn't sleep. I had no interpersonal relationships that I had been tending to. Mm. It was just all work all the time. And I was miserable. And again, there was the second identity crisis of my life. So first one was, I'm not a music major, but music is all I've ever wanted to do. What what can I possibly do with my life? Mm-hmm. Age. What was that? That was age like 18. Mm-hmm. Second identity crisis, age 30 something, 32 or so. Oh, I'm not, I don't want to, I can't be a yoga studio owner anymore. And this is all I've ever wanted to do. And now what can I do if I'm not a yoga studio owner, then I'm nothing. I have nothing. Everything I've worked for is gone and ruined, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) And, uh, it was really bad. And so I closed that studio. I had no job. I had no business. I had no income. I had a lot of debt. I had no ideas. I had no energy and I just was depressed for months until dun, 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 dun. I decided to start a podcast. Mm. So yeah, go ahead. So I want to just you're telling this is a good story because I'm relating to it a lot. Um, but so when you said you started a podcast, what was like that kind of because I started my podcast from a broken a broken friendship and a broken business mm-hmm. uh, that was a friendship slash uh, business partner relationship. So that's interesting that kind of like you are kind of at a low and decided to start a podcast. So if you could kind of take me a little bit to that kind of moment of like, do you remember what you were? And I ask this because I think a lot of people on this show are either they're not maybe they're looking to start a podcast, but they're they're either creative types. And when I say creative types, we're talking about us with podcasting and being singers. But I believe and I know you believe this too, Andrea, because we talked about it a little bit on your show, like everyone is creative. Everyone mm-hmm. is a cre. So whether it's trying to, you know, be a better parent to your child to, to you know, your activities during the day for them, whatever, what, or uh, you run a corporate job, there's all creativity and just be, I think being a human. So well, I'm interested in that moment of you're kind of at this low, what the hell podcasts too is not like this. It's not, it's getting more and more um, mainstream but you've got to kind of have a reach to think a podcast. So where were you like in that moment where you're like, wait, I'm going to start a podcast. Yeah. Well, I had the idea planted in my brain when I still had the yoga studio. So Ah, at that time, when I was trying to figure out how on earth to make the yoga studio profitable and successful, I 
signed up to do a business coaching with a woman who I really admired named Kimberly Wilson, who's based out of Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And her her brand is, well, she has a podcast called Tranquility Du Jour. And she's somebody who's been podcasting like since before the iPhone. So oh, for wow. a really long time. Oh, wow. <laughs> and someone had had directed me, someone I knew had directed me to her website because she was like, I know you're struggling with this business thing. And this woman really makes me think of you because she also was a yoga studio owner. She had a podcast. She is a fashion designer. She writes and publishes books. She leads yoga retreats all around the world. And she said, I think this woman is a, a role model, a potential role model for you or, you know, someone who could inspire you. So I checked her website out and she had, you know, one of the links on her thing was, or on her website was podcast. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually really totally know what that was at that time. So I was listening to her podcast on the computer from her website because I didn't even realize that was a thing that you could listen to on your phone or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was listening to that and really just loved listening to it because when I listened to her show, it was all about how to have a tranquil lifestyle and how to do self-care. And, you know, she would interview different people about ways that they found to bring more creativity into their life or to bring more well-being into their life or businesses that they had started or how did they get the inspiration for the book that they wrote. And it was like all these different worlds that I could imagine that felt so much better than the one that I was living in at the Mm -hmm. moment. So it was kind of a not only inspiration, but even a form of escapism for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, I signed up to do a business coaching with her over the phone. And she told me one of the things she recommended was that I start a podcast for my business. And the reason she said that was because her thought was that even though I was in Chicago with this yoga studio, and Chicago is a huge market, you're still limited geographically when you have mm-hmm. a brick or mor- brick and mortar business. You yeah. know, you still have a location and an address and people have to come to you to spend money for you to make money. Uh-huh. And so she was like a podcast takes away that geographic limitation of who your audience and who your followers are. And she had said that most of the people who sign up for her retreats, buy her books, buy her clothing, aren't even people who necessarily go to her yoga studio, they're, but they're people who've been listening to her podcast for mm. two years, three years, four years, whatever it was. And so it's it's slow. It takes a long time to build that following and that consistent listenership and the no like and trust thing where somebody is like, yes, I will spend $5,000 on a retreat with you, mm-hmm. but that it's really effective. Mm-hmm. So she recommended that to me at a time when I was like, that is a cool idea. I do not have the bandwidth to start a podcast right now. Thanks, but you don't know my life. (laughs) You don't know my life, bitch. No. (laughs) We're, you know, seeing clients, teaching classes, managing flaky yoga teachers, uh, paying bills, fixing the hot water heater in the basement of my yoga studio because my landlords won't. You know, like, I just don't have the time So it, but it kind of like stuck in the back of my mind and I started listening to more and more podcasts. I figured out that you could listen to them on your phone. And, uh, even when I was depressed after closing the studio, I still kept listening to meditation podcasts, yoga podcasts, entrepreneurial podcasts, inspiration podcasts, all these different ones. And it was kind of one of those consistent things that kind of pulled me through that time emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't know what I wanted to do next, 
But then it just pinged in my brain at some point of like, well, you have a business background, you have all these different interests in yoga and mindfulness and creativity and entrepreneurship. And technically, you have a bachelor's degree in broadcast communication, you should probably be able to figure out how to do this thing. So Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to make a podcast a business necessarily. Mm -hmm. But I felt like that was that was like something that I could bring myself to do because I didn't feel like teaching yoga. I was burnt out on that. I didn't have money to start an actual new business. Mm -hmm. And And it's fairly inexpensive to start a podcast. Well, in some ways. Yeah. I mean, depending on how you go about it. I mean, I DIY'd everything and whatever I didn't know how to do, I dug around until I figured it out. So I had very low cost. It took me a long time. It took me about a year from the time that I decided I was going to do it to the time that I finally launched. Mm -hmm. But at least I had something that I was working toward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, in the meantime, I was paying bills by doing any number of random part-time jobs and contract work and this and that and having a handful of clients and yoga clients and things. But um, once I finally got the show started, this became like the focus and slowly, slowly, slowly it started to build into an actual business around the industry of podcasting, which was something that I never, ever, ever imagined that it would be. Where did, so where did the idea for creative imposter, where did that genesis come from for you? And well, first of all, tell a little bit about kind of like what your show's about and, and then where that idea came from. So the creative imposter is all about this thing that we call imposter syndrome, which is the feeling like a deep rooted feeling that we get as well, as creative people, as academic people, as people who are striving for excellence or trying to put something out into the world, whatever way that may be, it just often happens to come up in uh, artistic pursuits and also academic pursuits mm-hmm. often where you feel like no matter what success you have and no matter what achievements you have, you feel like it's only a matter of time be- before people figure out that you are a fraud, that Ooh. you are a fake. You Ooh, that hit girl, you know. that hits, that hits girl. <laughs> right. That is. You do not know what you're talking about. Who are you to publish this book? Like you're some kind of expert or something. Mm -hmm. Or who are you to give this talk at this conference? Like, you know, there's a million people who do what you do a thousand times better and know more than you. Mm -hmm. And really, you're not, you know, all that. So that deep rooted feeling that no matter what evidence there is to the contrary, you just aren't as good as people perceive you to be. And you're, you're a fake and you're an imposter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had heard about this term through some of the entrepreneurial podcasts that I was listening to. Like it would come up every once in a while. And I would think, oh, that sounds awful. Thank God I don't have that. Thank God I'm like super self-confident and I, I don't have to deal with this imposter syndrome thing. That was my first reaction. And then the more I kept hearing about it, it kind of stuck in my head. And I was like, wait a second wait a second. No, actually, yes, you do have this. Mm -hmm. You do have this because especially when I closed my yoga studio and I had this period of time where I didn't have a career or job to define myself by Mm -hmm. and I didn't have something that I was working on or working toward 
to define myself by. Mm -hmm. If you're in a social situation, like at a party or at a lunch or anywhere, really, people always ask you, what's your name? What do you do? Right? Yep. Yep. That's like the main first date. That's why I was, this is the main first date question. That's why when people ask me advice on what to talk about on first dates, I say never talk about, never ask them what their job is in the first like 20 or 30 minutes. Ask them what they're passionate about and what they like to do for fun. Exactly. And you reminded me that that was also part of what was contributing to my horrible depression was I was trying to do online dating at that oh, time. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, girl. It was it was a disaster. And so, yeah, even on a date, you know, or even when you're filling out your profile or whatever it is. And so what was I supposed to say? Oh, what do you do? Uh, stay in bed under the covers and try not to leave the house? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You're like, I just, just, I'm just laying in Fritos and Oreo crumbs. That's basically <laughs> what I'm doing it's on a Tuesday and playing PlayStation till I numb myself. <laughs> Not opening my mail because I know it's bills that I cannot afford to pay. And yep. if I just don't open it, maybe it'll go away. Yep. I mean, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I don't know. So, you know, I had this whole thing of like, I didn't have an identity and, you know, maybe someone would, someone who knew me would say, oh, this is my friend Andrea. She's a yoga teacher. And I'd be like under my breath, except I'm not teaching yoga right now, you know, or mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that, but that's how I would feel. Or someone would say, oh, this is, this is Andrea. She's uh, an entrepreneur. And I'm like, except I don't have a business right now. You know, like everything just felt fake and I didn't have a way to define myself without that business or that career or that job. Mm-hmm. I I was kind of lost in terms of what my identity was. And so I started to research more about what the different components of this imposter syndrome is and how it shows up and why is it that people who experience it the most are the people who are actually successful mm-hmm. and actually have do have accomplishments and achievements and but for some reason we're the ones who are the first to deflect Mm-hmm. any any of that achievement and say oh i just got lucky or oh it's not that big a deal or oh it was really due to you know something else or someone else's research or you know oh well this person does it a lot better and so i just kind of started exploring that topic a little bit more and i had a few other ideas for podcasts that i could start that mm-hmm. made more sense like a yoga podcast or a meditation podcast and just when I would say to people, oh, I'm I'm thinking of starting this podcast and it's about this. And then they wouldn't be interested or they would quickly change the topic or they'd be like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then the conversation would just stop. So that's mm-hmm. how I knew that those ideas were not right because uh-huh. nobody was interested. But when I said, oh, I'm starting a podcast called The Creative Imposter and it's all about imposter syndrome and self-doubt, then people would say, oh, I have that. I have that. I really, you're starting a podcast about that? Or they'd ask me a question or they'd say imposter syndrome. What's that? And so, because I said that I was doing it and people were interested and it piqued their curiosity. That's how I knew that I had hit on something that was relevant and that would have a listener base. Well, and how, how many, how long you been doing this show now? How many episodes are you in? Um, I think I'm on like episode 52 or something and it's been three years. So I haven't been 
you know, I'm not the person who's been publishing an episode every single week consistently, 52 weeks a year for, you can see that's kind of like, I'm doing like a third of that. So I think uh-huh. that averages out to two or three episodes a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been doing it for a while with that show. So what, with this creative imposter, what has been, I, I kind of just want to ask, like with all, you know, 50 some odd interviews, what are two or three moments that really, because this is what I love about podcasting. Yeah, we do this for other people, but it's also selfish. Every time I do a podcast, I walk away like feeling, okay, I've done something worthwhile just today for myself. I've learned something. I've, you know, I've connected with somebody. I feel either less alone or, you know, like my shit doesn't seem totally not together today. And so in doing your show, what have been kind of the two or three moments of where you had an interview with someone where really you just were, wow, that, you walked away thinking differently about your own creative process or your own self as a person. Yeah, well, definitely uh, two interviews that really stand out are with two of my mentors and huge inspirations in what I do. So Kimberly Wilson, that woman who way back when had told me to start a podcast, I just recently, a few months ago, interviewed her for my show, finally. And it was just kind of this whole full circle moment of... You like I don't even know if you remember that one random phone coaching session that you had with me in it had to have been like 2010 or something like that 2010 2011. Oh, wow. I don't know if you remember that phone coaching. I don't know if you remember that you gave me this advice, but it changed the entire trajectory of everything that I was doing. And so to have her you know, on Skype with me and to be able to have a conversation and to kind of revisit the origin of Andrea Clunder as a podcaster mm-hmm. at all was really magical. Uh, mm. Just being able to sit down and talk with her about that, and, and also to to get to hear, uh, you know, she just she just actually sold her yoga studios, and the reason why part of the reason why she sold them is because they weren't super profitable, and she was putting a lot of time and effort and energy into them. And I was like, wow, that's probably so really validating. You know, to hear someone else who on the outside I perceive as like, she has this wildly successful yoga studio with two locations. And then to hear like, well, actually I wasn't making a lot of money off of that was like, Oh, you know, you just kind of see the reality behind it. And that's one thing that I love about podcasting is people are so real most of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, where they'll say stuff like that on a podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's the true behind the scenes and you get to know the reality of someone's situation rather than just what you're perceiving from their social media and their website. Yeah, I love we, again, it's getting behind that imposter. I mean, was it, what was it like for you with Kimberly to, I'm sure since she was on your show, she was talking about those moments where she feels like she um, is being an imposter. Was that kind of surreal for you to hear that too? Thinking of somebody who not only has their yoga, but has their creative shit together you probably yeah yeah I mean totally because that was that the the biggest moment that she would point out was also in the early days of teaching yoga and starting her yoga studio it was very parallel to how I felt Mm. which was 
you have to have this perception on the outside, like you have it all together. And like you, you know, people are like, Oh, you own a yoga studio, you teach yoga, you must be like, so chill all the time. And like Zen and meditating and drinking green smoothies and whatever, like that must be the best business and job in the world. And in the meantime, she was running around and working so many hours and grabbing a protein bar in between classes and scarfing it down and just did not have the, the healthy lifestyle that was the whole point of the business. Right. And so to hear Mm. how parallel those were and how she felt, you know, would show up to teach a, a meditation workshop and she'd be like, running because she was late and out of breath and like, you know, totally not centered or grounded. And I'm like, that's me. That happened to me. And she's Mm. like, no, that happened to me. You know? (laughs) Yeah, very much so. Um, What was your, you said mentioned two interviews. What was the other interview that kind of made you change your perspective in just your own life or in creativity? Well, uh, the other person who I interviewed, who's a mentor of mine is Elsie Escobar, who is Another woman who has been podcasting since before the iPhone, that's kind of like pre-iPhone, post-iPhone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, she is a half of She Podcasts, which is a community for women podcasters and also a podcast for women podcasters. And she also is the producer and co-host of Libsyn, my hosting company's uh, podcast, The Feed. And she actually used to also be a yoga teacher. And that's how I first found Elsie was she had a podcast called Elsie's Yoga Class. And she would put yoga classes and meditations up on the podcast. And then she also shifted from yoga into podcasting as her career. And so she's somebody who I've now done a mentor mentorship, like a group mentorship program and some one on one coaching with. And Uh, I had her on my show. And again, it's one of those like, but you're one of the first podcasts. You're one of the first voices I ever heard podcasting in my headphones, you know, Mm -hmm. and then to have this woman giving it. She actually (laughs) in our interview, we talked a lot about her background. She has a background in theater as well and performance. And we talked a lot about that and her feelings of imposter syndrome and you know, going to a fancy theater school and that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. uh, she actually started coaching me a little bit in my interview and talking about what she thinks makes me unique as a podcaster and what she sees for my future and things like that. And I'm thinking, Elsie, don't don't coach me on my show. You're going to make me like... (laughs) (laughs) You're going to make me either super self-conscious or you're going to make me cry or you're going to make... You're because like, don't be good. Don't be so powerful. I know because she because she's so perceptive. Like that's one of her gifts is when she's working with other podcasters, she's so perceptive in terms of what your unique gifts and talents are. And there's really something special about when you can work with a coach who sees something in you that you really hope is there, but you have no idea that it is. And they can point that out to you mm-hmm, and point mm-hmm. out your strengths. It's so affirming and validating that it it can create um, both a really emotional response and mm-hmm. also it can help change or for me, it helped me change the way I thought about my role within the podcasting industry and community and affirmed that I have a voice and a and a, a niche, so to speak, 
here in the industry. I'm not just like one of a million podcasters doing the same thing over and over again, that there's actually a unique function for me Mm. to help support other podcasters in the space. Well, that's the thing is we all have a unique function. We just don't, we don't know necessarily. We just need to step in and do it. And sometimes we learn the purpose of our function after we've kind of been walking in that space for a bit. Yeah, it's so hard to see sometimes when you're on the inside. And then, you know, I, one thing that she and I talked a lot about is this um, podcasting, this idea of podcasting for social impact. Mm -hmm. And that started, I mean, I never started the creative imposter and thought I'm going to make a profound social impact on the world. But I started teaching podcasting to high school students in Chicago. Mm Mm-hmm. And I work specifically with high school students who have diverse learning challenges, who are uh, diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder, or who have uh, Down syndrome or severe learning disabilities and cognitive challenges and things like that. I never sought that out. Mm -hmm. I never would have thought, oh, this is the perfect job for me. But what happened was a job became available at a time when I needed money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... (laughs) teaching these students. And my partner actually was the one who knew about it. And he said, Oh, this is the perfect job for you. And I was like, Are you kidding? I don't know how to teach high school students with with autism spectrum. I I don't what do you mean? I don't know how to do that. He's like, sure you do. And he talked me into applying, they needed someone last minute. And I mean, who who has the experience of a teaching podcasting, B working with high school students, you know, see working with people with diverse learning challenges and is available last minute. Nobody has that. <laughs> yeah. So basically like, okay, you're it. You're in. You're the only one who applied. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And so I started doing that and had no idea what I was doing. You know, showed up to class the first day just sweating because I was like, I don't know what to expect. I have a lesson plan, but I have no idea if it's any good. I don't know if they'll be able to do it. I don't know if this makes sense. I like, I know nothing. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's something that I really love doing. And it's been um, now a little over a year since we've been running that program. And it's shifted and changed a little bit. We have a podcast that we produce called Power Your Story. And we're about to start next week. We start production on season four. Oh, season wow. three is rolling out right now. And it's available cool. everywhere that you listen to podcasts. I'll put a link in the show. Yay. And uh, that was something that, again, I didn't know I was good at it. I didn't know I could do it at all. I didn't know I wanted to do it. I had no idea until the opportunity came up. I said yes. I started doing it. And realized like what a good fit it was and that's led and i say this too because people ask me all the time how do i start a podcast that's led to now you actually working with clients on starting their podcast correct yeah so that's that's what this has evolved into is that i do podcast launch consulting for people who you know mostly individuals who want to start a show And I produce podcasts now for organizations and brands who want to start a show and need a creative producer because Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, we need a podcast because everyone else has a podcast, but we have no idea how to do that. Mm. And uh, I also do post-production and editing for independent podcasters who either don't want to take the time to do that or don't want 
to deal with the learning curve of figuring out how to do that. And so I'm really supporting podcasters along the way to get their shows out. And I'm working specifically with mission-driven podcasters, so people who want to make some kind of positive impact on the world. That's I love the way you described all that, just the whole progression of our conversation, because it really... I mean, again, you're like, people are like, how does somebody who comes from a vocal performance degree? But again, when people ask me that same thing, I'm like, but my life has always been interested in stories mm-hmm. in the store in your life too. Cause even, cause even with yoga, that is, yes, people are going for relaxation, but often as a yoga teacher, people are coming in saying, this is what's happening in my life. So you're interested in their story to bring peace to their story, you know? And so and really, you're still wanting to do this through podcasts, bringing pe- creative peace to people. So I love the follow through because I think a lot of people, again, would see your life and say, oh, this person knew to start a podcasting business. She's so smart. She just started doing this because <laughs> all these brands wanted podcasting. Well, it's not like you just sat down under a tree and thought about for five minutes and went, well, that's it. I have it yeah. now. So I love I just love the creative process you just described. I think that's relatable to a lot of people because sometimes we've. We feel like we're meandering, but actually we're journeying, you know, and we don't know that. Yeah, it does. It often feels meandering and it often feels like when you have your, I know for me, when I have my sights set on something like I am going to be a singer, I'm going to be a musician. It's sort of like blinders, you know, where like anything else is like, no, that's not me. That has nothing to do with music. But then these little things start pulling you in different directions. And I think the more you try to force something to happen, Mm -hmm. because that's what you set as your vision, Mm -hmm. and it limits what's available to you. And there's so many more opportunities that are available to you. But I think sometimes it can be also, as I'm saying that, it's also hard to know is it a legit opportunity that's trying to pull you in a certain direction or is it just like a shiny object distraction? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's yeah. hard. <laughs> I joke on all the time and say I have GDD, but, and I do, I do have GDD, but also I'm just interested. I'm ambitious and I'm interested in a lot of things. And I think in your story too, it's so interesting. A lot of people think, oh, well, if you're in starting college and you decide that you don't want to do your major, you want to change it, that you're giving up. When in actuality, I'm jealous in hearing that part of your story because I knew from about probably like like my sophomore, sophomore to junior year, I didn't want to do music anymore. Or I just, I didn't even know that I didn't want to do music anymore. I just thought this doesn't, this is, I'm forcing all of this. I ended up getting mm-hmm. vocal damage. Like it was just the wrong fit, but mm-hmm. I was too... I, my parent, my dad was paying for college. I was already committed. I was one of those people. Like if like you just said, I put on the blinders of, well, if I say I'm going to do this, then this is what I do. And I need to follow through and do it. It's like, I have to finish this when in actuality, um, it was, it was really, you know, it was, it was so almost detrimental more for me to do that rather than instead of listening to the instinctual things telling me, hey, maybe this feels off. Hey, maybe there's a reason why you're going to see plays more and hanging out with the theater kids. You know, it was it, in retrospect, the universe and my my gut were telling me what to do. I just wasn't listening. Yeah. And it wasn't easy to make that decision because I, I really struggled with it. I was so I had everything of my identity wrapped up in being a music major and being a singer. Well, yeah, and when you're in a when you're a singer, 
I mean, I feel like a musician and people wrap their identity with, I, I almost can, I'm not a mother or a father, but I can almost similarly see it that when you're a singer, your instrument is you. Your instrument yeah. is literally your voice. I mean, yeah. metaphorically, whatever. So it's different than you're a tuba player, you're a construction where this is something you do where other people can perform the same task. No one can sing the way you can ever in the whole, it's a fingerprint. So mm -hmm. I definitely related to that, that it is such a part of your identity that, I mean, I mean, when I developed vocal problems, it felt like I, there was a problem with myself, like mm -hmm. my whole being, I felt there was something wrong with me as a person. Mm-hmm. So it's just different. So for you to have the wherewithal to, especially at such a young age, I didn't have that until I started my master's program. I did that for like two weeks at o Oklahoma City. And I went, oh, I don't want to, I th thank God I listened then. But uh -huh. um, I mean, when you're 19, I'm like, I'm like, girl, that's some real strength that you have. So good for you. <laughs> it just, yeah, it was something that needed to be done. It, what was hard after that was that I had interests, right? So there's like that long list of all the different majors that you can pick. And I had so many interests like, yeah, I like my English classes. Maybe I want to be an English teacher. Yeah, I like my education classes because I was doing the dual major in mm -hmm. vocal music performance and secondary editing, uh, secondary ed music. You know, maybe I want to do this. Maybe I want to do that. And nothing, there was nothing that there were t tons of things that were interesting that I enjoyed doing. There was nothing that I was passionate about yeah. that I was like, that is me. That is me. I want to do that more than anything in my life. And so even the degree that I chose at the time sort of felt like settling. Like I enjoy those classes. My roommate is that major. And so that means we can have all our classes together and we can help each other out. And it's not very credit intensive. So I can still finish it in four years if I do summer school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that was how I came up with it. And, you know, even graduating, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this degree. I don't know. I enjoy doing video work. I enjoy making films, but I never was so passionate about it the way I was about performing in music. But, you know, when you look retro or in retrospect, I was going to say retroactively, uh -huh. when you look in retrospect, like you said, you start to see oh, well, that had to happen because without that degree, I might have never thought that I could make a podcast, for example, Yeah. because I had some technical digital media experience mm -hmm. from college. So it kind of all of those things of music and performing and mindfulness and yoga even and entrepreneurship and having that degree in broadcast media all led to the culmination of what I'm doing now. Mm. Well, um, this was fascinating. We didn't have any advice questions today. Also, I just kind of, I th think this process, a lot of us hopefully are, can relate to with Andrea and myself, just kind of talking about this. And, and if you want more of these kind of conversations, obviously, um, Follow those show links to the Creative Imposter and listen to that show, Sugars. It's it's a good one because um, we because <laughs> Matt gave such a fabulous, wonderful interview. <laughs> well, no, you had good questions, but I love it what you're talking about and that we we had same we had some similar themes, but we talked about we didn't talk about any of these topics in that show. So I think for it's a very I, I love that I love it when I do cross episodes with podcasters because the 
only a few of them has the pod, the conversation kind of been the same. And I love that it's so different for each, even though it's the same two people, but in a totally different context. And it's a, a very different conversation. So um, check that out, everyone. Um, well, Sugar, I think we're getting ready. I think we're starting to wind down to some Dear Maddie. How do you feel about that? I feel sad because I'm having so much fun. But... <laughs> Well, I, I want to have an excuse to talk to you every week. I know it's yeah. This should be, yeah. This is like this is cheaper than therapy, and I enjoy because you get me. You get <laughs> Seriously. Me. Um, okay, and I'm a therapist saying that. Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bad for business. <laughs> bad for business. Okay, so but if we're jumping in, Chatty Maddie, number one. What is your most memorable childhood smell? Most memorable childhood smell is the smell of chlorine anytime a swimming pool was nearby, which is joyful. And it's this time of year. It's summer. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good – I forgot about that. That's a good, good smell. And you're just – you're sleepy from swimming. Your eyes are burning a little bit from swimming <laughs> under the water. Yeah, yeah. You took me back to Red Cross swimming pool days. Um <laughs> So, okay, I guess that's one of mine too. Okay, Chatty Manny, number two, what would be the name of your memoir? Well, the obvious name is The Creative Imposter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty obvious. It's a good <laughs> one. It's a good one. It's your brand. I like it. It is. <laughs> it is your brand. Um, Chatty Manny, number three, what's the best piece of advice that you'd wish you'd taken earlier in life? The best piece of advice that I wish I had taken earlier in life. That is a difficult one because I usually do p- take people's advice unless it's bad. Mm. Well, then that's good. <laughs> um, I wish – so something I'm still struggling with is being very – Uh, I like to do a lot of things and I like to stay busy and I always have a million projects happening at any given time. And my mom always was trying to get me to slow down and take breaks and rest. And I would say, okay, I'm going to take a break from doing homework to do my piano lessons. Okay. I'm going to take a break from piano lessons to work on writing my new play. Okay. I'm going to take a break. So taking a break was never actually stopping. Mm -hmm. It was never actually resting. And as I'm as I'm approaching 40, I'm realizing the importance of actually resting and doing nothing, which is very difficult for me to do and very necessary. So I wish that I would have maybe earlier started instituting rest into my life. You know, that's a good thing for me. Why um, after I got out of grad school, you know, because when you're when you're in school and you're working a full-time job and doing a lot of kind of stuff, you literally are going all the time. And mm-hmm. um, whenever I got out of grad school, my roommate at the time, he said, you need to get a hobby or something because you can't sit down. You can't just sit and just watch TV. You can't. And that's when I started knitting. And that was very helpful for me because it gave me mm-hmm. something to do, but I was sitting there, you know, and mm-hmm. just kind of resting. And, and knitting is very meditative. And, um, but yeah, so if somebody's listening and they're in that experience of, yeah, I can't do that either. Maybe find something, whether it's, you sit and do a crossword or you sit and just, you know, um, something ritual that's not energy intensive where mm-hmm. you can rest. Because um, I agree with you on that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Chatty Maddie number rep four. Chatty Maddie number four. What? Oh, wait. I know number five. Oh, yeah. What day would be your Groundhog Day? So what day was such a good day that you're just, you know, you could have done that over and over? 
Hmm. I say that I could do over and over. I think I'm going to go all the way back to high school when I traveled internationally for the first time ever, went with my French teacher and some people from my French class to uh, France, obviously. And like to Spain. (laughs) Right. And, uh, there's so many days from that trip that I could live over and over again. But I remember we did a five day family stay with where we each, we didn't stay together. So each of us got sent off to a different family's house to stay with a French family. And my, my host sister was, we were both 16 and uh, she, her grandmother lived in the countryside outside of the town of Nantes. And we took her motor scooter, which was against the rules. I was not supposed to ride on motor scooters while in France on this trip. But we took the motor scooter and we drove out to her grandmother's house in the countryside. Her grandmother had this gorgeous garden just with all the flowers and vegetables and pretty plants. It was a sunny day. And that region is known for making hard cider. Mm. It's kind of their specialty. And her grandmother, uh, and again, I was not supposed to be drinking hard cider at age 16 in France. It was also against the rules. But <laughs> her grandmother was feeding us hard cider and um, these delicious crepes, chocolate crepes, fresh oh off the stove. Like it would come off the stove and she would put it immediately on our plate. And uh, that was one of the happiest days of my oh, life. Oh, man, sure. that sounds like a great, <laughs> great day. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I'm sorry. You just like painted a thing. You're a good storyteller. Um, okay. Chatting number, chatting number, Lord help me. Chatting, Maddie, number five. When are you most inspired? I am most inspired right now when I'm listening back to the work of my high school students mm. on their podcast because I help them edit their shows and put them up and sometimes I'm just amazed by what these students come up with, especially the interviews. I'm always there when they do their interviews, so I hear them being recorded. But we also have these sections where they just take their little pocket handheld recorders and they get to just talk off the top of their head extemporaneously about whatever topic and do these little almost like audio journals. Mm -hmm. And so I don't because they're all doing them at the same time and I'm kind of walking around and answering questions. I don't always hear what they're recording and then I collect all their memory cards and listen back to them. And some of these students have such brilliant, poignant insights about their life and about the world and their ideas for the world. And when I play it back, a lot of times I'm moved to tears by what I hear from them, what they are expressing with this platform. So definitely super inspiring. Oh. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, okay. So tell every, I know the creative imposter, but tell everyone where they can find all things Andrea Klunder. Klunder. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the creative imposter.com, and you can spell that at the end with O R or E R, imposter, both spellings work. And that's where you can find links to all of the podcasts, including Power Your Story with the students, including The Creative Imposter, and including my podcast about the craft of podcasting, Podcast Envy. And my favorite social media places to hang out are, uh, I'm Andrea Clunder on Instagram. That's kind of like my playground, not so serious. And then LinkedIn is something new that I'm experimenting with. So I'm also Andrea Clunder on LinkedIn. 
And those are both great places to connect. Oh, I'm trying to do LinkedIn more because at first I thought, I mean, it is work stuff, but at the same time too, it, I am finding that if you with working, it's a kind of can be an inspiring place for creatives just to connect and see what, and get inspired creatively where Facebook is now either political or picture people of pictures, kids or dogs. Yeah. And I'm on Facebook and I, I'm, you know, I probably open that app more than I do Instagram or LinkedIn, but it's just so hard to weed through what I actually want there. Uh, that LinkedIn is right now where I go for professional things, inspirational things, business articles and connections and networking. And then Instagram is like I said, just for more fun. fun. Mm -hmm. All right, then I will put I will. Okay, so everybody, I'm going to put all these show links uh, in the show notes. So just scroll down in your podcast app, whether you're listening on Apple iTunes, or I think now finally their Google Play is opened up too for us. So, um, right? Yeah, Google, Google Podcasts. It's a brand new app separate from Google Play. It is Google Podcasts. And you do still have to if you're on Android, you do still have to download it but you can and it's free and it's and a I lovely simple app yeah i don't know if you can use it on apple can you or i don't think so probably not but that's good because google play has been international for a while so i'm glad that this is finally up so wherever you're listening to though be sure to uh give five stars leave a review of this show um also if you decide to listen to the creative imposter or podcast in the we love reviews. Those are great. They're not, yes, we love the, we love the validation, but we also love the feedback to know what we're doing well and also what you think we can work on. So be sure to do all that for myself and for Andrea. Andrea Clunder, thank you so much for being on the show today. I, so I, like I said, I wish we, like you said, I wish we could talk every week. It's a a great (laughs) conversation. I know. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to see you at Podcast Movement. Podcast Movement. All right, everybody. Uh, And you know the drill for everybody else. Do something for someone this week, and I'll see you next week. Bye. So there you go, sugars. That is the show, right? I told I enjoyed it. I thought you enjoyed it. I figured y'all would like it. Um, And again, if you're wanting more more Maddie and Andrea, you can go check that out. Uh, the link to the Creative Imposter is going to be, you can go to creativeimposter.com and I'm sure it's probably on the homepage, but I'll make sure to put a link to that as well. There's also her other podcast, uh, Podcast Envy that she mentioned. She also mentioned her students podcast, which is really cool. I want to listen to that. That is called Power Your Story Podcast. That That's in there as well. And her Instagram, her LinkedIn, her Facebook, if you want to connect with her, if you want coaching services, that is all in there, including her podcast, Movement Talk, which is about Power Your Story. That's on there as well. And I have to tell you that after our interview, uh, Andrea wrote me a little message, and so I wanted to read it because I thought it was just very interesting. She said, after we got off Skype, I tuned into my friend and fellow podcaster, Tina Conroy, Conroy's show. It's called the Intuitive Woman Podcast. I want to listen to that. I want to be an intuitive woman. Um, it's a weekly Facebook Live where she pulls oracle cards for whoever tunes in and requests one. Ooh. I asked, what do I need to call into my life right now? And she pulled a fairy card and said, and said make music she said how funny right after we were talking about music majors and voice and podcasting and i thought i had right after that was something 
I danced around, but I don't think I actually said, which was when I was feeling depressed about closing my business and being bankrupt and losing my identity as a yoga studio owner and an entrepreneur, I started the podcast because it felt like the only thing I wanted to or could bring myself to do. But what happened after that was that in time, podcasting actually gave me my voice and ultimately my identity back. And it felt and still feels more authentically like me than the old identities ever did. Isn't that always the way? You think of exactly what you were trying to say after the moment passed. Boy, you do. I really have, and I read this because in doing the intro for the show, that is part, part of my identity is in podcasting creatively what I do. And so I think that's a big challenge for all of us to divorce ourselves from the identities that we think, whether it's mom, dad, teacher, or job, or whatever we think it is that it's not really us. Those are just characters we play, but it's not really the essence of who we are. So obviously I'm a big Andrea Clunder fan. So be sure to check her out with all those links I mentioned. Those are in the show notes and be sure to listen to our episode on the creative imposter sugars. I think you'll enjoy it. You know the deal for us. Uh, leave uh, leave your questions at go to dearmaddieshow.com. Ask Maddie if you want to ask any advice questions of the show. I'm getting less and less advice questions. I don't know. I'll just give advice to myself. I don't know. That's fine. Maybe you're all enjoying it. I don't know. It's whatever it is, it is. Also, uh, please leave a review of the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts now for some of you. That really helps us and helps me. I say us. It's always just me. It helps me. helps get the show out there. I also really appreciate y'all. Christina, Claire Bear, a lot of you are, Susan, you're tweeting out the show. You're tweeting things that we talked about in the show. And I really appreciate that. And for any of you that are listening, if there's something that really strikes you, my Twitter's down there. Just tweet at me. It'll take you right to that link in your show notes. And I would really appreciate that. All right, everybody. Um, Also, if you're in the Los Angeles area, I'm going to put a link for this. My friend Jake and I are doing our like once a yearly, it's actually been about a year and a half now, show called Caber Gay. Uh, this is Cabergate 10. It's a benefit for Camp Brave Trails, the camp that I started. All the proceeds go towards Brave Trails. If you're in the Los Angeles area in, on August 11th and August 18th, we would love for you to come. The link is there. This show will, both shows will sell out. Not to be arrogant, but people like to see Jake and I be real gay. So that's going to sh- sell out. So be sure to get those tickets if you want to come. Hey, maybe come, maybe come to LA, everybody. All right. Well, I love you so much. I'll be back next week with a new episode. I'll be going to Podcast Movement in two weeks. So y'all know I'm going to come back jazzed from that. But I'll still have a new episode that goes up that week as well. Okay, sugars. I'll talk to you later. I love you. And as always, do something for someone this week. Bye-bye.